Welcome to the Conversations About Light podcast, a King's Cross podcast illuminating our desire to engage in lighthearted conversations that are grounded in scripture. Our hope is that through these conversations, our community will be encouraged and grow in their curiosity about light. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations About Light. My name is Caleb, I'm your host, and I'm joined here with Josh and Mark. We are in our final episode for this season that we've been going through, Living a Godly Life. It's been a fantastic series so far. I've really enjoyed the conversations we've been having around 1 Thessalonians. They've been really encouraging if I had to summarize it in one word. What have you guys yeah. thought? I've loved it. Good to be here. Um, I've also found them very encouraging and hopeful. It's been great. Yeah. Um, I too have loved it. <laughs> uh, just great job hosting Caleb. It's always great to do things with Josh. Uh, he's increasingly deep and insightful. And um, I too have found 1 Thessalonians encouraging and hopeful. Well, the question I have for you guys here, here today, we go, here we go. <laughs> strap yourselves in. Are there any habits that you've picked up from your parents? <laughs> Good or bad or both? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Probably from my dad, I got a love for music, um, but I don't know if that's a habit you pick up. Maybe it's just something that passed on a little bit, but certainly an, an openness to mm. music. He's, he's a muso, so really got some flavor from from him i think of that with my mum i would say as a as a young guy when i was particularly about 13 14 my mum was at the church where we she took me along to a bunch of courses the church was running on the new testament the old testament doctrine so she, her and i went to a bunch of those together so that habit of engaging with god's word is a beautiful one that i think wow. probably my mum had gave me a lot of help in developing the habit in that way so that's really appreciate that yeah, very good. I'm sure there's some unhelpful habits I have, but they probably didn't come from my mum and dad. Well, it sounds like both of those yeah. are, are great habits. Unless the um, the music that you picked up from your dad yeah. was country music, then yeah, it's well, probably uh, no comment. He's to blame. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's a tough question actually because I think I mean I, I, I'm I'm sure people listening now are, are thinking about themselves and what habits they've picked up, and yeah. it's actually like tough to. It's blind spots, right? It's probably easier for someone else to point out. I, I do think the one thing I, I picked up from my folks is wo- a love for worship. Both of them were always in the front at church, worshiping God. I've seen my, my, my dad and mom dancing in church, um, crying in church, on their knees in worship, but jumping in worship. You know, I've just seen them. My dad would, would as a preacher, say, you know, when, when I was single, you know, when you look for a wife, look for a woman who can worship God freely. That's who you want to. That's that's a you know. That's who you want to find. So I think worship is very meaningful to me. Um, and a habit I know I got from my dad is uh, when you're getting dressed, just dropping your pants on the floor. <laughs> I'm 40 something years old, and still every day of my life, I'm like, oh no, I need to pick my pants up and hang them up. It's never be- felt normal to hang them up. I just want to dump them. <laughs> Well, let's dive into today's text. Today's reading comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 28, the English Standard Version. We ask you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord and admonish you, 
and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace amongst yourselves, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the fainted heart, help the weak, and be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. What are you guys noticing within these final instructions of Paul? Two parts that I notice in this, this final section. One is his list of instructions to them, you know, or list of commandments. And I'm sure we can get in, into some of that. And then his final prayer is this, the little other section from verse 23, where he begins to pray uh, for God's um, encouragement from a sense that God will complete this work in them. You know, what are all the instructions he's given them, all the encouragement they've come to Christ, God's working on them, they're going to be, you know, changed into the image of Jesus. They're expectant, they're hopeful, they're full of faith, hope, and love. But he just prays, and to, I think in a sense to remind them that they are God himself will bring this work to completion. He will surely do it. You know, um, and Jesus is coming back, and he will says there, he will sanctify you completely. I think that's really an amazing, encouraging prayer. Mm. Um, so I think those are the two big sections uh, in this last passage for me. How about you, Mark? Well, if I'm honest, um, I think the first part Please stands out. <laughs> 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 okay. okay, finally, the last episode, I'm going to be honest. Um, I think the, the, the way it begins stands out to me um, as, as a pastor uh, we ask you, brothers, to respect the, uh, those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. It's interesting to me how often Paul um, encourages people and, and the writer of Hebrews about their leaders and, and how to treat leaders. It's, it's almost as if um, brotherly brotherly love is understood, but it's like he needs to just affirm, hey, that same brotherly love needs to be also for your for your leaders, you know, in, in um don't have a different bar for them in a sense, you know, like still love them, admonish them, pray for them, encourage them, esteem them in love. Um, so I like that. I think I think um, leadership can be difficult, whether it's in the home or whether it's in the church or whether it's in work. So it's always just a good reminder not to have this kind of different sort of love or, you know, for, for those in leadership, but also just to honor and love them. Um, and it's difficult. It's, why I'm saying I'm choose to be honest is because it's difficult to say that as a pastor. <laughs> but it's important to say that to say that because Paul, that's something it seems like we might struggle with. You might be a little bit more impatient with your leaders, or no. Well, I think the verse fourteen he he, he puts it right onto the whole church when he says, "I urge you, brothers." So he's got a list. I think there's about twenty-two yeah. things he commands them there to do, but he doesn't say this is the responsibility of the leaders or anyone in particular, it's I urge all of you to do all of these things. So I, I like what you're saying, Mark. There's a, an urging, 
um, and, and the particular sort of one that you mentioned about you know, honoring those who are laboring as, as leaders. Yeah. It's a good pick, pick up, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, it's probably important to say that, you know, even what uses this phrase of those who are over you, I think in Paul's idea, there's a, the church, there's different roles and responsibilities. It's not a hierarchy. It's not yeah. kind of this like who's, who's at the top and who's at the bottom. Uh, that's, not an, uh, that's not the way Paul's talking. But in your, or, in your body, there's still order. There's still organization. Yeah. And there's still, you know, um, roles, gifts. Yeah, just it's helpful. His list in general, I think, is, you know, it's probably helpful to pick pick at it one by one to ah. get into it. But at the same time, it's probably also helpful just to stand back and look at all of them and, and say, he's just you're working through everything he can to think about in a practical sense. But you could almost go on indefinitely, yes. or then you know shift from here to Perth and go, okay, how? And and I'll, I'll explain this. Sometimes in an elders meeting, a situation comes up, and, and so we sit there, Josh, Jim, myself, and we think, how do we respond to this? And I might say something like, well, I think we should do X. And then we go, what do you guys think? And then Josh and Jib think, and they go, well, I hear what you're saying, but what about if, and then they start adding some wisdom and some more love and some more grace and some more gospel and say, well, I think that's a bit harsh, and I think that's a bit, you know, I don't really know if that's full of faith or... And eventually we work out, oh, that's a much better application or much better response. Let's do that. That's loving. That's gracious. That has the fragrance of Christ. I'm glad we didn't do this. And I think in all of life, we can do what Paul's doing and go, what is the right response to this situation in this time? You know, and, and figure it out. I'm going to, I want to try something. I'm not sure if this will work, but. I, when I think about instructions, so this is a list of instructions, right, and, yeah. and like things we can do. And when you think about the Old Testament, Ten Commandments, let's say, do not murder. Great idea. That's helpful to me. That's helpful to the person who I didn't murder. It's, it's very helpful. What, is this, what does those kind of framework look like in a gospel context? And to me, this is a picture of that, like you're saying. It's a description. Mm. And I'm, I just want to rapid fire them off and think about, mm. imagine a community that obeyed all these instructions. Right. Imagine a community that, uh, and then also think about if you have a problem with, uh, let's say, law, and you're thinking, oh, Josh is just going to read us a bunch of laws. Ask yourself, well, which of these would I like to delete and remove and mm. say, or lower in some way so that it suits my level of yeah, you know, allergy to law, let's say. Mm. So this is, imagine a community that follows all of these uh, 22 odd commands that Paul gives actually from verse 11 encouraging one another building each other up edifying each other knowing and respecting those who admonish you esteeming them very highly being at peace with everyone admonish the idle or the unruly those who work against comfort the faint-hearted and the weak the, the weak who can't keep in step encourage them help the weak be patient with all of them do not render evil for evil. Always seek to do good. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. Do not quench the spirit or despise prophecy. Test and approve all things. Hold fast unto the good. Abstain from the appearance of evil. Pray for all of us. Greet each other with a holy kiss and read this epistle aloud. Those are kind of direct quotes out of the text. Haley probably did a better job of reading it than I did, but... 
all those, when you hear them together, they just sound incredible to me. It's beautiful. Um, I would love mm. to um, exemplify all of those. They're not burdensome. They seem glorious uh, to me. Yeah, it's beautiful. A thought I wanted to get your guys' perspective on is just that end part of verse 13 where it says, be at peace among yourselves. What does that mean or what does that look like? I was just trying to turn to the kind of the cross reference. It says, Jesus teaches on uh, the temptations to sin. So, you know, Paul got his teaching from Jesus. That's so you can say, you know, everything you've heard from me is from the Lord. Um, and so this is, Jesus taught earlier um, in Mark. Mark records it in Mark 9.50. Jesus goes on, he says, salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Mm. So I think, you know, carry that across here. Be at peace among yourselves. I think it's talking, you know, the salty life, this light, this um, this Christ-likeness, this godliness. It's the flavor of Christ. It's gospel centrality. It's bearing fruit of the Spirit. You know, there's just so many different phrases to kind of, yeah. um, so many different metaphors was saying the kind of person who's been affected by Jesus um, and one, one of the kind of fruits, one of the kind of the signs of it maybe or outworkings of it is being at peace with each other. It's a peaceable person. Jesus is a peacemaker. So as we kind of walk with each other in Christ, um, we, we, it doesn't mean we think the same as each other. It doesn't mean we always agree on everything. But it does mean at the same time that we can be at peace with each other. So I think it's this kind of disposition towards one another. Mm. Very good. I love what you're describing as fruit. Um, you know, when you think of the Galatians list, uh, fruit is love, joy, peace, patience. So these things are growing in the heart and in the community. Mm. But also the fact that the Holy Spirit provides those. So if we desire to love more, there is a provision that the, the Holy Spirit will grow that fruit in us. Yeah. And the same with peace, that if, if we have a desire for for that to grow in our midst, that surely the Holy Spirit has also made that provision. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And so yeah. I love that um, those fruits come from the Holy Spirit and they're promised to us. And also the, the incredible idea that inside me is the Holy Spirit and inside every believer is the Holy Spirit. And when he's at work, in what way would that ever be in opposition to each other? So what God does in, in my heart and in your heart if it's both the work of the Holy Spirit, there would be an increased sense of peace, not an increased sense of frustration and and dispeace. So it's yeah. I love that because it kind of points me to the fact that when there's those kind of, um, let's say, disagreement or anger or anything that's not the fruit, I can realize that something's going on where yeah. I, my, my own heart is turned in some way away from growing fruit <laughs> yeah. towards something else. Yeah, And it's a difficult thing to point at peace to go like, what are the five steps to peace? Maybe it's not for someone else. I feel like it's a difficult thing, but I say that to say no one is not, not everyone is sure about when there's a lack of peace. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't deny inside yourself yes. when you are not at peace with someone. And you might try to convince yourself or defend it or explain it to yourself, but yeah. you know when in your heart or in your head there's not at peace among ourselves, yeah. you know what I mean? Or with your wife or with your children, with your friends or with someone in the church or someone in the community. So I think that um, there's this kind of, this. can you imagine just like living in the church 
walking out stuff, working out stuff, chatting about stuff, offending each other, forgiving each other, but generally the general kind of normal state of everybody's relationship is at peace yeah. among each other. And as you said, Josh, well, how is this possible? Well, peace is a, is, is a fruit of the Spirit. Therefore, we need the Spirit. And, and Paul in his prayer points as much to, now may the God of peace, yes. you know, which is great because that means God is not behaving in a way that he ever feels awkward in his relationship <laughs> with us or, or he feels disrupted in his relationship with us, with us, he always behaves in a way that he feels at peace with us, yeah. even if and even when we act in ways that are disagreeable, his ways to us are always at peace. Yeah. Um, even in his judgments and in in his discipline. So it says, "Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely." And so our hope is not in our perfection. Our hope is in God working upon us completely. And so I, I think the fact that God has to do that means there's work to be done. And so, you know, I love that you got us to imagine this community, which I think is really important because then whenever it's not like that, we can yeah. go, whoa, hold on, yeah. let's pause. God, you need to work upon us. Yeah. We repent. We see our fault. Please come, Holy Spirit, and yeah, make good. us new, yeah, you know. Very good. In closing this, not just this portion of text in Thessalonians but overall the the whole book and the the series that we've been going through what's something that we should leave into this week reflecting on and really take take with us into our lives as believers trying to live a godly life probably that God is like Mark just said that God is doing it he himself will sanctify you what is god's will chapter four god's will is you be sanctified chapter five god will do it and he is faithful god is very committed and able (laughs) to do what what he is doing in our hearts and sometimes we struggle to recognize that but i I think that's super encouraging that god is at work with us and imagine a church that is convinced that the power of the holy spirit is at work as much as we're convinced about our redemption and our forgiveness in Jesus we're as convinced about the work of the Holy Spirit being sufficient and able to transform us I think it would be beautiful yeah we'd probably reflect on the what's well, probably the, the key verse in this whole text which is greet each other with the holy kiss <laughs> I was waiting for that <laughs> just kidding no I do I, I mean we should probably reflect on it but I do think what Josh said is key is if, if everyone if all we take out of Thessalonians then we should take a heck of a lot more but if all we take out of it is he who calls you is faithful he will surely do it that is enough to change our lives Thanks for joining us today. To learn more, head over to perthchurch.com.au where you can find sermon resources that dive deeper into these conversations. If you found this conversation helpful, we would love you to leave a review and share it with your family and friends.